Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. And away we go. It is the Lombardi Line here on VSIN at the Sports Betting Network. We've got plenty to do. Hope you're having a nice weekend. Yesterday, Michael Lombardi, as I say good morning, my mm-hmm. friend. Yesterday felt like a super that felt like a Sunday. Felt like a genuine yeah. NFL Sunday. Um, before I let you jump off here, you put my brain into a pretzel with this Patriot tweet, which I'm going to read in in a couple of minutes here because now I'm more confused about the offensive play calling. Thank you for that, Michael Lombardi. Greg Bedard is going to join us coming up in about 14 minutes, of course. uh, Boston Globe for a long time, Sports Illustrated. So we'll talk about the Patriots. I thought the focus, though, today could be the young quarterbacks, the rookies, and the quarterback battles as we say good morning, Michael Lombardi. Good morning. Yes, I think that certainly should be the case. It was uh, a typical Sunday. You know, we start with Carolina visiting Washington and the Commodores or Commanders, however you want to call them. I think it would be better for the Commodores. We could have Lionel Richie as the main spokesman. It would be wonderful. But anyway, uh, you know, it started. Then we went to Chicago and got the chance to look at the Chiefs and, and the Bears and you know, Justin Fields, and then on with the night into Seattle, poor, they had to come all the way fly back, and Pittsburgh to see Trubisky, and then Kenny Pickett, and Mason Rudolph, and the great George Pickens. I mean, Pickens has taken this league by storm in the preseason, so you know, yeah, I would say it was, and the overs continue to hit, Patrick. I think these offenses are well ahead of the defenses, only because of the lack of physicality that are going on in these camps. Yeah, the over is now 12-4 and four in the preseason. As you mentioned, Michael Lombardi, we do have one that you might be interested in. We do have a preseason game tonight with actually a pretty big number. Minnesota, no Kirk Cousins, remember COVID. They're going to Las Vegas where it's been raining cats and dogs for like three straight weeks. But anywho, uh, two and a half opener. Most books, including DraftKings, up to five in Vegas. Well, I mean, look, I think both teams, we know the, the, the Raiders have a game under their belt. And they've been practicing. And, you know, I don't know if Derek Carr will play, but certainly Jarrett Stidham played well last week. At least he got his feet wet after having really been away from the game for over a year. So that was a good thing. And and Nick Mullins is a, a capable quarterback. I think what we're seeing in these preseason games is these backup quarterbacks come in and 
They make plays with their feet. You know, Sam Howe yesterday at the end of the Washington game. I mean, Sam Howe from North Carolina came in and led the Reds. Oh, excuse me, led the the Commodores on two drives down the field. You know, and got them back in the game. Actually, got them the lead. And then, of course, uh, Carolina came back down the field and kicked the winning field goal. But I, I think it's you know these these. The overs, because of the quarterbacking play and because of all the OTA days that highlight the offense, I think we're going to continue to see these overs until physicality comes a part of it. Well, if you keep on bringing up the Commodores, are you going to sing Easy Like Sunday Morning? Is that is this something? Are you, you going know, to start singing? I, I, for isn't me? it the perfect song? I mean, isn't it the perfect song for today? I mean, it's so I'm good. Easy. We're in the routine. Yeah, we're in the routine. We, we've got football here. It's perfect. I mean, you know, some of these teams start to – clarify themselves i mean I, I you know for our chicago audience and just i don't want to jump ahead of you you're, you're the point guard on the show no, but please. the bears the bears are going to struggle with their offensive line we thought so and that they're going to have a hard time running that scheme that matt eberflus wants to run because they're too slow you know that scheme is predicated on being really fast because there's a lot of areas to cover in that scheme that you have to make up with speed it's a little bit like when Derek brooks came to tampa and all of a sudden tampa too became more popular because Brooks could cover a lot of underneath stuff. So uh, it's going to be a hard year for, for – now, I know that they didn't play all their guys, and, and obviously, you know, Rokon Smith wasn't in the game. But to me, their front seven isn't going to be fast enough to do – to create those turnovers that Eberflus needs because, as we know from the, the Colts last year, if you didn't turn the ball over against the Colts, you moved the ball up and down the field on them. Okay, we're going to get to field some of those young quarterbacks, some of the rookies, including Pickett, who you mentioned, who shined in his debut with the Steelers. But we must start here. Carolina, Michael Lombardi, a 23-21 winner at Washington and the Commodores. Uh, Baker, one series. He looked in command, four for seven, 45 yards. But then yeah. the fumble in the red zone, not great. Remember, this was a team last year, the Panthers, that were 25th in red zone offense. So you don't like to see that from Baker. Let's start with Baker, who got the start. Go ahead. You know, I, I thought he was really in command. He, he under center in shotgun. The 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 offense for the Panthers looked, as Al Davis would often say, more organized. You know, they were they were well tuned. Brady Christensen played left tackle to start the game and looked pretty good over there on that side. And then he kicked inside when the big guy came in. Uh, the first round pick from North Carolina State, Gowotu. Uh, I I can't pronounce his name Nailed correctly it. all the time, but they they play better going in. He played a little bit, and so. On that drive, bad snap, and then a, then a miscommunication on third down cost them that drive. But they looked polished. They looked like they were they were uh, able to execute their passing game. And I thought Baker was pretty good in rhythm. He had a third down play from the pocket, and then then Darnold comes in after the turnover and makes a great throw in the back of the end zone, and they go up ten nothing really quickly. So, look, I thought it was encouraging for for the Panthers. I'll tell you, the guy who's going to make a difference on the Panthers team is Johnny Hector. I mean, this punter is mm -hmm. really good, and I know the Rams let him go because of salary cap, but he can control field position with his leg, and if their defense doesn't give up big plays, you're going to play on a long field all the time against Carolina. Okay, so Baker and then Darnold, you mentioned that was a very nice touchdown pass from Sam Darnold. We, really you was. You mentioned this, really and I, I want to make this very clear. For them, the big test is coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday with the joint practices with the Patriots, yeah. uh, the aforementioned. Right, They're, you know, because in these games, what people have to understand is these games are very vanilla. Now, in the practices, you know, the Patriots will run their stuff. 
the Panthers will run their stuff. Matt Rule and Bill Belichick will kind of coordinate how they what they want to see, but it'll be a little bit of the playbooks will be open. These games, the playbooks aren't open. They're very tightly net, and the playlist is very tight. So uh, I think those practice, and we got a lot of those practices coming up this week. I think you're going to see a lot of teams. This is a big week. This next, the next ten days in the NFL are going to be huge. Okay, I, I'm not asking for intel. You know, I never put you in that spot. But your son, of course, Matt, is on the coaching staff there in Carolina. Let me just ask you this. I think you can help me with it. How's the relationship with Baker and Sam Darnold? Darnold's a great kid. I can't imagine him causing yeah. problems. What's the competition been like down in Carolina? I think it's been competition. You know, it's like anything. It's it's. I think both kids respect one another. They came out in the same draft. And, you know, and I think that the Panthers have been honest with everybody. And that's the first step towards having a healthy relationship is honesty. And so they've said, hey, best man's going to win this. Now, how they determine what the best man win, I think a lot of that will happen this week, how they practice and play. I mean, Darnold came right in with the second group, and they moved, They you know, they shifted their offensive line around. And, you know, he made some plays that he needed to make. And then Washington, it's interesting. This was a game where Washington really was trying to get their offense on track. I mean, Washington – got behind 10 to nothing. The Panthers put their second team defense back out there. Washington kept their first team out there. They were determined to get something going. They were determined to get some kind of flow with their offense, and eventually they scored, but it, it looked like it's going to be a little harder than you might think. Wentz was, I thought, inconsistent with his throws, as he always has been. Yeah, I mean, he didn't push the ball. He's a 5'7 average. I thought Howell you mentioned Howell, who is a third on that depth chart with Washington behind Heineke, who was the starter last year. Uh, two scores on the ground. It just kind of had what everybody at North Carolina said. He kind of had some juice about him, Michael Sam Howell. Yeah, he did. I thought he looked really good. You know, I thought he had some timing and some rhythm. He, you know, what I'm always concerned about in watching these quarterbacks that come from college, especially in the RPO schemes like Hal did at North Carolina, is their ability to anticipate throws. You know, it's one thing when you're watching the tape and you got to throw the ball to the flat or you throw in the slant. You know, those are predetermined throws. For example, Mason Rudolph's touchdown pass to George Pickens. There's no read in that. He's throwing that outside. So it's not I'm reading coverage. I've got man. I'm throwing it out there. It's an easy throw. Whereas when you have to read it and say, okay, here they're playing middle of the field's closed. I'm going here with the football. I thought Hal had some rhythm to his game. I thought he did at North Carolina. I don't know what happened to him during his career. But when I first saw him, as you know, Patrick, when we first saw him as a freshman or a sophomore, we were like, oh, this guy's going to be really good. And then he just kind of tailed off. And maybe he has found himself again in this Washington offense. I I think he looked good. I thought he and Pickett, both two young players, I think are going to have an opportunity to get more reps in the coming 10 days. Yeah, you you had some intel as to why maybe he struggled a little bit last year. I think he could, I think he's going to be okay. I'll just put it that way. I think I think Sam Howell is going to be okay. We also have to get the Drew Locke and Geno Smith, Michael Lombardi coming up. But Greg Bedard, our friends there at Nesson are going to be excited about the next segment. So before we do, we have two minutes. Here's the tweet: M Lombardi NFL. So you were rewatching the Patriots Giants game this morning, mm-hmm. as you always do, and you said it was rather clear that when Hoyer was in the game, Patricia was calling the plays. When Zappi played, mm-hmm. it was Joe Judge calling the plays. It's not complicated, and when Mac plays, I'm sure it will be something else. Michael, what the hell are you talking about? What do you mean something else? What's the other option? Well, I mean, I don't know. That's what I don't know. It, it, you know, I think part of this was, as Bill said, as Coach Belichick said, it's a process. So, you know, 
Patricia had been talking to Hoyer and kind of dealing with that. And Zappi has been being handled by Judge. So why not have that communication within his ear? Now, I don't know what's going on with Mac. I don't know who's been communicating with Mac. Has it been Judge? Has it been Patricia? I don't know that. I think they'll work it all out. I think it will. But I think when we're trying to nail down the play caller and you don't look at the quarterback who's in the game, I think then you kind of make a mistake. It's a little bit like – I know this is different, but when the Patriots played the Rams in the Super Bowl and 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 Wade Phillips was uh, attaching his defense to the running back in the game, not necessarily the personnel groups, you know, it was kind of how he wanted to play the game. This is the same thing. The process is Hoyer and Patricia, they kind of have a relationship, Bailey, uh, Zappi, and, and Judge, and so now we move forward. I'll be interested to see what happens. I think you'll know this week in practice how the communication between – whoever's talking to Jones and when he goes into the game because it's not scripted. Eight and a half for the Patriots season win totals over at BetMGM and at DraftKings. Sing it with me. That's why we're easy. Easy like Sunday morning. On the Sunday Commodores morning, Patrick. <laughs> it does, dude, you're cracking me up. All right, Greg Bedard, nobody better covering the Patriots. What's happening with Mac and the eight and a half on the Patriots next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we keep telling you for good reason the College Football Guide is out now and the NFL Guide is coming out in just a couple of weeks. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become an all-access member over at VSIN. So start your football season on the right foot. We've got profiles on every team, including trends, power ratings, over-under recommendations. It's all there. And if you sign up now early, 175 bucks gets you everything through the Super Bowl. Think about that. You get everything we offer that includes the two guides, that includes exclusive articles from Michael Lombardi, Point Spread Weekly. It's all there. Or if you just want to sign up for 40 bucks a month, go do that too. vcin.com slash subscribe to up your betting game. It's vcin.com slash subscribe. Michael Lombardi's got me Googling Commander's lyrics. 
Um, excuse me, Commodore's lyrics during the break, which is always fun <laughs> on a Sunday. So we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. Uh, Nesson, Marquis, Vison, we welcome all of you. Nesson's going to be happy about this because nobody's better at covering the Patriots than Greg Bedard, of course, Boston Sports Journal, formerly Sports Illustrated, Boston Globe. He does a great job. First off, Greg, thank you and good morning to you. If I were to pull 10 Patriot fans, what is the headline and the question heading into the 2022 season for Pats fans? What the hell is going on on offense? Who's coaching? Who's doing <laughs> what? How are they going to function? Uh, that's really the headline right now. And we're all guessing, including, you know, leave it up to Bill where he had two different play callers, Matt Patricia and and Joe Judge in the preseason opener. Typical Belichick, but yeah, that's where all the questions are right now. And so as we talk about the offense, you know, there, there was a lot of controversy around the Cole Strange pick, but when I watched him play in the game, he looked like a legitimate starting guard. What's been the reaction? There hasn't been much about it being a blown pick now after he's kind of come in and competed a little bit. What's been the reaction around the Patriots to Cole Strange? Yeah, I mean, you know, Mike, you're absolutely right. I mean, his his uh, his film coming in was really good, especially at the Senior Bowl, where he sort of proved himself coming from UT Chattanooga on the you know big stage with guys from the big schools, and so you could see certainly the athletic ability is there. I think the question with Cole Strange, at least as a rookie, is you know how how is he going to be able to hold the point against NFL you know defensive tackles, those big guys? There's no question he can get to the second level. I mean. I haven't seen very many offensive linemen move the way he does. Um, he certainly did well in the game the other night. It was, uh, I would say, conservative game plan where it was uh, looked like they wanted Hoyer to throw the ball in less than two seconds and a couple of simple runs. Um, you know, we'll see how it's developed. He hasn't had the best camp to this point. Of course, he's going up against Christian Barmore, Lawrence Guy, Devon Godchow. I mean, you know, really good interior defensive linemen. So, We'll see if he can keep stacking success. I thought the other night was really good for him, and uh, hopefully he can keep building from that. Okay, Greg, let's talk about coordinator gate, which is what we're dubbing it here. <laughs> so Michael Lombardi, M. Lombardi NFL, says it was clear when Hoyer was in the game there against the Giants, Patricia was calling the plays, Zappy, it was Judge. Who knows what's going to happen? Bill had a fun exchange with a reporter calling it a process. What's your best guess on the offensive coordinator? Well, I would say for the near term, and I would assume that's most of the season, but to me, the way it looked like and the way that Bill talked about it after the game, about how he, they made some decisions in this game about the future and how there's a process. I think long term, I think that Bill wants Joe Judge to be the play caller. I don't think that he, I don't think that they think he's quite ready yet, that he needs more, a little bit more experience. Of course, Matt Patricia has called plays on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that Matt is sort of keeping the, the the chair warm for Joe Judge. Who knows? That could be a season. It could be two. We don't know. But for now, I think it's Matt Patricia is going to be the de facto def offensive coordinator where he's, you know, culling the game plans for, from all the different coaches during the course of the week, setting uh, the play sheet, uh, making the calls on Sunday. My biggest question in watching it the other night, because there was a stretch the other night where, and I put it on a stopwatch, that after once the offense came af off the field, uh, I think after their first possession, Matt Patricia was away from the offensive line. He's also offensive line coach for over four and a half minutes. Meanwhile, David Andrews was on the tablet with the offensive lineman. It, that's fine in the preseason. That's not something that can sustain during the regular season. So it'll be interesting to see how this all develops. 
Yeah, I, I agree, Greg. I think that when you coach the offensive line, it's hard to call plays. Mm-hmm. And you, and Billy Yates, his assistant line coach, will have to kind of assume a, a bigger role if that goes forward. But I, I, I agree with your analysis. I think ultimately what you want to have, and I think what, what we saw the other night was the communication between the quarterback and the coach has got to be in sync. And certainly Mac Jones is going to play a big part in who's in his ear on Sunday because he's going to want to run plays that he feels really good that's set up to the defense that they're going to play. And I think as we continue down this road, as Belichick said, it is a process. I'll be interested to hear your commentary when you watch practice against the Panthers as you see the communication between, because it's not scripted, right? It's not a scripted practice. It's ones against ones on both fields. I think that's going to be the key as we move forward as you look at this going. Yeah, absolutely. I think the next two weeks they have joint practices against the Panthers and the Raiders. And, um, you know, I think that's part of the reason why they held out the starters the other night. I think part of it was they weren't just, they weren't ready on offense. They were a little bit worried about what Wink Martindale was going to do, the Giants defense coordinator. And that was well-founded because he blitzed almost 60% of the time in that game. And I'm not sure the Patriots were quite ready for that. And I think, Bill really wants to get the team to this week with the joint practices with the Panthers the following week against the Raiders. And I think this is where we're going to see truly the colors of this Patriots offense once we get to the regular season. Greg Bedard joining us here does a great job. Nobody covers this team better. Nobody's done it longer. So let me ask you, 10 wins last year, Greg. I told you Vegas has them set at eight and a half. What are your expectations for the Patriots in 2022? Well, when the schedule came out, I went through it and I came out at nine and eight. I think that they have a really tough open to the season, you know, at Miami, at Baltimore, uh, or excuse me, they're at the Steelers. They have the Ravens, um, really tough open to the season, really tough close. I I still have a lot lot of questions about this offense and how it's going to function. I need to see a lot more to think they're going to be be around nine wins or better. And there's also questions about the cornerbacks. Just this week, we saw them shift um, from the, the opening sort of alignment with some of the veterans to all of a sudden, now Jonathan Jones, for now, is an outside corner, and they're going with like my, uh, Marcus Jones, the rookie at slot, Jalen Mills as their top cornerback. we got to see how that looks on the field also before we can get a real handle on how good this team is going to be. You know, all the talk has been offensive coordinator and and what this offense going to look like. But for me, you know, having played Buffalo twice in the at the end of the season and not forcing them to punt or get off the field on third down, to me, that's the bigger question about about the Patriots' season in 2022. Do you feel like their team speed defensively? is has improved because with Hightower and Jamie Collins, they were slow and they really struggled to make plays horizontally within their framework. Have they improved at the linebacker position with more speed? Yeah, I think so. And we, we haven't really seen it. I, we've, we've seen it on the practice field. It looks like they're going to go with, uh, for now, Jawan Bentley and Raekwon McMillan, a kid who, you know, that we saw a lot with the Dolphins. He really popped last year in training camp. Unfortunately, you know, he got injured very early in the season, so we didn't get to see that. But he's come back, resumed. He's starting on the inside. Mac Wilson uh, didn't have the greatest game the other night, but he's been a standout in practice, the former Browns linebacker. Uh, he looks like he's going to add something to it. Um, and I think they, they have – 
they have way too many safeties. I mean, I don't even know. Jabril Peppers, we haven't even seen on the field yet. He's getting a lot closer. He's going to add probably a sub linebacker component to that and up the athletic ability there. And I, but I think, Mike, when you talk about this defense, one of the big questions is really the front line on this team hasn't changed. You know, they're going to go Judon, Lawrence Guy, uh, Godchow to start in base and, and uh, Dietrich Wise. You know, in sub, they still have to figure out when Wise kicks inside or comes off the field, who's going to be the guy opposite Matthew Judon that's going to be freed up, singled, singled up against a blocker to get to the quarterback. You think it's going to be Josh Uche? Hasn't gotten off to the best start. Anthony Jennings is a kid who popped also the other night, had a great. The, so how they figure out the sub package once Barmore and company comes in, that's going to be a real key to them getting off the field better on third downs. Okay, it's no bostonsportsjournal.com for the best coverage when it comes to the Pats. Here's what I will say. Michael Lombardi, Greg Bedard, nobody knows the Patriots more than the two of you, and I learned nothing about the offensive play calling, and that's exactly how Bill <laughs> Belichick wants it. So thank you very much for that, fellas. Greg, oh, thank you. Th- we'll talk to you during the regular season. Leave. Thank you, Patrick. Great, great job. <laughs> thank, thank you. you Hope to have you again. Hey, anytime. See you guys. No, it wasn't an insult because that's exactly the way that Bill plays it. Is I, I don't even think those Bill that knows. Close to I, I really, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I don't think. I don't think. I think. I think what Greg said is true. I think it's a process. I think at the end of the day, would you want Joe to do it? Yeah, because he's the quarterback coach. But is Joe? Can he handle it? You know, calling plays. It, it's an evolution. It, you just start. I mean, I know guys like Will Hill and other people are born Uh-oh. to just sit at Madden and call plays immediately. But it is an evolution for some people. Well. What's important is what you said. Read Greg Tuesday and Wednesday because he's going to have a better idea when you watch those that's joints right. practices, right, Michael? So that's no exactly doubt. what no you doubt. need that's to do. That's going to tell a lot. Absolutely. The Bills the Bills turned the ball over five times and won a preseason game. That happened. Dan Fates is going to join us inside the Bills locker room next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, here are our top horse racing plays from ExpressBet and our buddy Jeremy Plonk. He's the editor there. Saratoga today, race four. He likes the eight-horse Swiftsure at 9-2 on the morning line. Ellis Park in race seven. Jeremy has the eight-horse Patana on top at 5-1. to one. You can get these plays and more, plus $10 free when you bet using FirstBet, VEASAN's preferred horse racing app. Use the code HORSE200. Again, it's HORSE200 for 10 bucks and get 100% match on the first deposit up to 200 bucks. It's a great deal. Again, AI-assisted picks, 300 tracks, FirstBet, ExpressBet, it's got you covered. Go to VEASAN.com slash horses for details for exclusive details. Okay, so Greg Bedard did an awesome job. Michael Lombardi on an easy Sunday morning here on the Lombardi Line. I'm Patrick yeah. Maher as we welcome you back. Hope you're having a great weekend as, you know, this is exactly how the Bills uh, called it, right? The Bills didn't play their starters. The Colts played their starters into the second quarter, including Matt Ryan. The Colts turned the Bills over five times and lost. The Bills won won 27-24 when a turnover fest. And to talk about that, Dan Fates, who does a great job covering the Bills, also co-host of Buffalo Plus, joins us now. That's exactly how they drew it up, right, Dan? Absolutely. I mean, that was Case Keenum said after the game, you don't win a whole lot of football games when you turn the ball over five times. 
and they were down 14 points with eight minutes to go. They come back, they score two touchdowns, they get the two point conversion and kick a field goal because that's just how they draw it up. The bills have now won nine straight preseason games. I know it's not the Baltimore Ravens streak they have going on, but Sean McDermott said after the game that that locker room was about as excited as he has seen after most regular season wins. So another win and they did it just how they thought they would. You know, I thought that Matt Barkley has played better since he's been in Buffalo. And, you know, I know Case Keenum took Minnesota to a conference championship game one year, but he hasn't looked like the same player when he filled it in Cleveland. Do you get a sense that Barkley could beat out Keenum for the second job? It's a good question. Uh, I think Keenum's resume is better, obviously, long-term. He started about 70 games in his career. And I think you also have to factor in that Keenum was playing with Bill's backups. Now, I know he's a backup too, but he wasn't playing with Gabe Davis or Diggs or Dawson Knox or the offensive line. And the Colts were, as you guys mentioned, playing most of their starters throughout most of the first quarter and second quarter. So I think that was part of it. Barkley is really comfortable in this system. Uh, he, he's been a part of it uh, a few years ago. He's He said he remembered going undefeated in the preseason. A.J. McCarron was also back in that quarterback's room at the time. So he's more comfortable in the system right now. I think Case Keenum, if you were to put him out there still with the Bills guys, if God forbid something were to happen and Josh Allen had to go down. I still think Case Keenum is a better option with starters than Barkley is. So Dan Fates was at the game and covers the Bills, does a great job. This is what was fascinating on the broadcast, and this encapsulates the preseason, Dan, perfectly. Brandon Bean said, we want the offense to score, but we really want to punt to figure out what we have. <laughs> and that is the preseason. You want to punt the football. And what they have is we should have led with the punt. God, Ariza, Matt Ariza, an 82 yarder. That was the buzz coming out of the game, to be honest with you. 100%. It was the first thing we talked about in our post-game recap on our Buffalo plus YouTube channel. We said, Hey, it was great. The bills won their ninth straight game in what totally felt like a preseason game with seven turnovers. It was kind of comical at times, but everybody was talking about the punt and look, there has been talk about this bills punting competition. And that is just goes to show you how deep this roster is and how set it is at most starting positions that us in the media around here on Western New York, we have to find a competition at some position to talk about a training camp. And we've spent most of it talking about who's going to punt. That's where we are here in Buffalo. And it's not only that, it's who's going to hold. So Matt Ariza comes in with about a minute left in the second quarter and booms an 82-yard punt into the end zone. Um, it was the talk, and it, it got the crowd and the sideline really fired up. And at that point, I said, the Bills punting competition is absolutely over. He can flip fields. Um, it, it is different. I remember when Tyler Bass was drafted by the Bills, and we started to see him, what the ball sounded like when it came off his foot compared to Steven Hauschka, who was the veteran at the time. And I always compared it that it was like Steven Hauschka's hitting a, hitting an iron off the tee of a golf hole. Uh, Tyler Bass is hitting a driver and that that's what Matt Ariza mm -hmm. is. It, it's different off his foot. Uh, it's special. And it was what got everybody fired up last night. A punt. Yeah. I feel bad for Matt Hack, Hack, because you know he just realized he lost his chance at the job, even though he signed yep. as an unrestricted free agent from Miami. You feel bad. I mean, it's obvious. You know they're going to go in the other direction. You're carrying another punter as a spot. Maybe they'll keep going. I want to circle back to their defense. What does Vaughn Miller look like in practice, and how are they going to sort through the contract situation with Jordan Poyer as they move forward? 
Yeah, two great questions. One, Von Miller just looks different. I've been covering the Bills for about seven years, and I've never seen anybody look like this. Look, there are guys that when they step on NFL fields, they look different. Uh, for me, O.J. Howard is a guy that is just a monster of a human being, but then when they play, it doesn't really – you say, oh, okay. Von Miller looks like a normal person walking out of the tunnel, and then he is just different. The way that he bends, Deion Dawkins, the Bills – Pro Bowl left tackle talked about how he's elastic, how he stretches, how it doesn't make sense the the moves that he can do at 33 years old. Um, and he said he went up to Sean McDermott the first practice he went up against him and said, "Hey, coach, I'm really glad we got this guy on our team because because he's the difference maker." They kind of go hand in hand. You bring up Jordan Poyers because. I'm one of the guys that says the salary cap is kind of a joke. It's not really real. You know, the bills all of a sudden they weren't really in, they didn't have any money in free agency. And then they found 120 million to pay Von Miller. And if I'm Jordan Poyer and I'm sitting here saying, I'm an all pro guy. I have done everything you've wanted me to do. I'm a captain. I've been here for five years. I've done everything you've asked for me. Don't tell me there's not money. I think something has to get worked out um, because he's earned it uh, where they find that money. That that's up to me. I, they have both handled it. The front office, Brandon Bean and Jordan Poyer have handled it exceptionally well. It really hasn't been a distraction. It's been something that's been talked about, and it's been obvious that Jordan Poyer wants a new deal. I think the Bills want to give him one, but he is also 32 years old. So what? how much long-term do you see them being? But guys, the Bills defense that was rated number one in the, in the league last year is built back to front. It's one of the rare defenses where Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer run the bills defense. It is not built up front. It is built with the back end and Hyde employer have been those key cornerstone pieces for the last five, six years. Dan, I'm not sure if the bills fans have recovered from Kansas city, but the bills players have to, and you take a look at the board at DraftKings. 11 and a half is the win total. It's juiced up to minus 140. So good be headed to 12 with the bills. I say all that to say this, the expectations are super bowl or bust. What's yeah. the sense around the team as far as the urgency? Very urgent. Um, and I think it's on more than anybody. I really think it's on Sean McDermott. Obviously, you bring up Kansas City. The way that he handled the final 13 seconds, um, that's on Sean. Um, for, for whatever you want to say, Josh Allen and the Bills the offense put on a historic effort in Kansas City and did everything right to beat them. And they didn't. So, I think there's a lot of pressure on Sean McDermott. I'm not talking about a hot seat. I'm talking about you have an MVP caliber quarterback. You now have a hall of fame defensive end. You have Stefan Diggs. You think Gabriel Davis is going to turn into a top 25 wide receiver in the league. The coaching staff is what's got to get them over the hump. Um, so I, there, there is the sense of urgency. There is the sense guys, this training camp, there were seven, eight fights. And I know people can say like, Oh, what's the big deal? Training camp fights happen. 100% agree. But we had, Josh Allen getting in fights with Jordan Phillips, a defensive tackle. We, we had these things going on and the bills say it's just the, the not necessarily frustration, but it's the intensity that is going on so far at training camp, because I think they feel that, that it is super bowl or bust and it is time for them to, they have signs up. They say, find a way they've had those for about three years now. It's time. They find a way to get over the hump. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. And my question is, you know, what I was so impressed with Buffalo after the win game and losing to New England at home is they transitioned to almost a single wing offense where Josh Allen became the main runner. And have you seen that in practice? Have they continued with that kind of he's going to be a big part of the run game this year? 
Yeah, I, I think that's one of the best things that they had. Look, they're running offense struggles. I've joked around that I don't think they should ever run the ball with Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. The offensive line just really isn't built for that. But Josh Allen is that X factor that defenses have to account for. Uh, there are a couple times in training camp that we've seen him take off and or there'll be great coverage downfield, but then Josh can still take off and still break you like that. So I hope that they continue to make Josh Allen. I said last year, I thought he was going to be the bills leading rusher and he almost did. Um, I, I think they would be silly not to continue to do that to your point. Okay. Well, the pressure's on you as well this season, Dan, the pressure's <laughs> on everybody in Buffalo. I just can't imagine. It's just a pepper pot there. Dan fates on Twitter as well. Buffalo bills reporter, Buffalo plus on YouTube. Check out the page. It's tremendous. Dan, thank you so much for the time. We'll talk to you during the regular season. Okay. Appreciate having me Thanks, on, guys. Thanks, Dan. Really good job. Appreciate you. Lots of pressure, Michael Lombardi. Lots yeah, of pressure. I, I want to come back and talk about that. Can I ask you? Yeah, I think. I want to ask you about the Bills. Let's talk we'll about back. it. And yep. then I got to get to Seattle's quarterback situation, but I have plenty to follow up with Michael when it comes to the Bills. Remember, that 11.5 is juiced up at both BetMGM and DraftKings. We continue. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, turn a loss into a win with the King of Sportsbooks. So here's what you're going to do today at BetMGM. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any Major League Baseball game. If all the legs of the parlay hit except one, you're going to get your cash back up to 25 bucks. That's pretty good, right? Log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to take advantage of this offer all season long. It's great. Parlay, three of four hit, you get your cash back up to 25 bucks. Visit VEASAN, excuse me, betmgm.com. You can go to VEASAN.com and find the information as well. Uh, again, you got to be 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. I kid you not as we welcome you back. We've got a great second hour to come. Thomas Gable's going to join. Annie Agar, who is a uh, social media sensation, is going to join us as well. Looking forward to that conversation. I was walking Jeezy yesterday, and I swear... I was laughing out loud. People must have thought I was crazy 
because I was thinking of the Belichick clip that we played <laughs> where Bill said to the guy at one point, I think he said, why do you care? When the reporter, yeah. <laughs> the reporter, the reporter was yeah. asking him about the offensive coordinators, I think at one point, because it was so muffled, he was like, why do you care? And I just, I don't mm -hmm. know why, it just hit me in the right place on an easy Saturday afternoon. I was into that, Michael. Yeah, well, I mean, look, the, you know, they, they don't, they keep pressuring and asking. Like, he's good at, at not answering. I mean, he, he doesn't, it's not like you're going to wear him down. You know, it's like he's going <laughs> to say what he wants to say and move on. So, like, again, you got to frame the question, at least ask a question where he's got to think about it. Like, instead of making it easy, who's your, who's calling plays? Like, like do some digging, you know, you know, I mean, if they, if somebody would have said to Coach Belichick, Coach, you know, I noticed that Matt Patricia handled Brian Hoyer. I know that Joe Judge handled Bailey Zappi. What was your thought process behind that? Okay. I mean, there's a question, right? That's yeah. that, that's not a direct question to who, you know. But it's like I say this all the time to people. If you went to Princeton basketball and wanted to learn Pete Corral's offense, he would be he would teach you everything he knew if you went there prepared. If you came in there and said, hey, Petey, teach me the offense, I don't know anything, you got thrown out. Like, do some homework. <laughs> Ask the question based on what you did. Yeah, but he covers – this dude gets paid to cover the team, and Bill said, why do you care? That is – I can't get <laughs> enough of it. Okay, well, let's move on. Um, Sean McDermott and Bond – Close your ears for this part. Let's be fair. And you just heard from Dan. Sean McDermott's not on the hot seat, won't be on the hot seat if he doesn't win this year, Michael Lombardi, but he botched it in Kansas City about as badly no as doubt. you can. The he pressure. Should he should own it. He should own it. Yeah. He never owned it. He never owned it. He fair. never owned it. I mean, he, 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 no, I think he should own it. Look, he did it. You know, 13 seconds. You know, they, they, they had a chance to win the Super Bowl last year. I think they beat, they beat the Rams. I mean, they, with the way the quarterback was playing at the end of the year, let's face it, you know, 13 seconds to go in that game. He, and, and Pringles, Byron Pringles, the back out there, you know, kick it to him, eat six seconds off the clock. He's not taking it back to the house. Right. And then, you know, jam the receivers, tackle the receivers, go off sides, you know, you know, do something, tackle mm -hmm. the receivers twice, get called for defensive holding, eat up five plays, you know, eat up five seconds. I mean, there's so many ways to go with that, that, you know, Sean's got to handle it. I thought what Dan said was fascinating. I did not see Von Miller the way Dan described him at Buffalo practices last year. Now, I know he played well in the Super Bowl, but let's be clear. You know, that Cincinnati offensive line isn't exactly the 62 Packers, right? So it's not Forrest Gregg and Bob Skronsky a tackle. I mean, you know, they ain't great over there. So I understood he played well. I thought watching Vaughn play in Denver last year before he got traded, I thought his juice in his lower body wasn't there. And I was concerned. And when they traded him for a two and a three or whatever they ended up doing, I thought that was a heavy price. When Buffalo paid all this money for him, I thought that was a heavy price. But if he's got it back again, if he's rejuvenated his lower body and they're going to play from in front, which is typically what they can do, that element, that pass rushing element was something Buffalo didn't have. And I think it's going to make a huge difference if what Dan said translates to games. 
Stephen Bond couldn't wait to play the Von Miller role as Michael Lombardi talking about the aging defensive end. Let me just say this quickly for new betters. When we're talking about the market speculation or just the market in general, when we say season win totals and I say the Buffalo Bills are set at 11 and a half juiced up to the over, that means minus 140. You got to pay $1.40 to win a dollar. As far as the market's concerned, they are expected to win the most. That's the best way of analyzing this. And so I reiterate, the pressure, it's Super Bowl or bust. That's really what it comes down to for the Bills this year. They're so deep. Well, I mean, you got to look at it. Look, I, I watching Kansas City yesterday and Patrick Mahomes, because Kansas City's going to be one of their main competitors, right? We know this. Kansas City's good. Mahomes. It looks like Andy Reid wants to go back to his West Coast days. A little more. I saw some two back against Chicago, more play action. I mean, without Tyreek Hill there, I think they're going to become more West Coast. They were a West Coast variation of a, a spread. I'm not saying they're not going to spread it out, but I think that's the case. And I think Kansas City will be a little better on defense, but that's their main competitor. And so if Buffalo – how is Buffalo – Everybody says, can they get to 12? I ask the question, what five teams are going to beat them that not get them to 12? What four teams can beat them? Because they're well-rounded. And with this new punter, you know, if they can control field position the way they play defense, they're pretty good. You know, they're going to be a hard team to beat, especially if this quarterback stays healthy and he's part of the run game. When he's the single-win quarterback – you know, it's like Bill Walsh said when he was studying the single, he said, if Joe Mont- if I could have run Joe Montana, this single wing's the best offense to run. You know, and you can run Josh Allen. I don't want to run him all the time, but he's he's hard to tackle, and he's bigger than some of the guys trying to tackle him. The Bills are big-time favorites, minus 230 in division. Your second betting favorite in the East, the Dolphins at 4.5-1. to one. Shout to Tua, who sat yesterday, and the Bills 6-1. to one. They are your favorites to win the Super Bowl with the Bucks sitting 7-1 to one over at DraftKings. The Packers 10-1. to one. The Chiefs, as you just mentioned, 10-1. to one. All right, so you said it. Now, your expectations are 12 wins for the Bills. Do you do, – does Michael Lombardi believe they deserve to be the Super Bowl favorites right now? I think based on last year and the way they their offense changed, you know, what one thing I think, Dan, we didn't – you always have to look at what wasn't said in a conversation. There was no, you know, boy, they really missed Brian Dayball. And I love Brian. great coach. But it seems like the transition offensively has been seamless, right? Ken Dorsey takes over. Nobody's complaining about the new line coach, the new receiver coach, the, nothing. The, everything's kind of stayed the same. So there wasn't even a conversation about that. So that, that plays into it. And the way he played last year with their skill level that they have on offense. You know, it's interesting what he said about O.J. Howard. I thought O.J. Howard was going to be a much better pro than he's turned out to be. I thought his size, his athleticism, <laughs> you know, and the way he played. And it just doesn't, like, like Dan said, it hasn't showed up, you know, on tape. So Dawson Knox is going to be, you know, still the same tight end. And their skill, along with their scheme, it's pretty darn good. So, and that safety is Dan. Look, they play quarters coverage. McDermott does. They, you know, the corner White is still on PUP. Will he come back? Sure, but they're not a lockdown man-to-man team. They're going to play quarters, roll coverage one way to the other. They're going to rely on their front to get there. They're going to rely on their zone dogs to get there. The schemes to get there with Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott running that. And when they get in front, they become a problem. Boy, he was effusive with his praise of Von Miller. By the way, I thought O.J. Howard was going to be Kellen Winslow, the first. 
reincarnate. Yeah. I thought O.J. Howard was going to be an absolute superstar. Okay, two minutes, Michael. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set you up on Seattle, and then we'll finish it up later, okay? Drew Locke eventually is going to have to get some time with the first string if we're going to see what he's really about. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, he played better. You know, watching the watching the game with Geno, they, you know, it looked to me like Seattle was the team that traveled. They were a step behind the whole entire night. They they weren't quite there yet. Again, you know, long trip for them. You're playing a bunch of different guys defensively. They struggled. Trubisky took the opening kickoff and went right down the field. The offensive line held up, you know, and then Pickens makes the great play in the end zone. Pittsburgh looked really well tuned. And like they had had a lot more physical practices than Seattle. Okay. We're going to talk about Geno Smith, who had a rushing touchdown, and Drew Locke. He had a turnover in the red zone. Not great. One thing I will say about Kenny Pickett, those were glorified handoffs. I'm watching the game, and I'm like, these are just little swings. Everything that he did, it was five hours. That's why five, you, have to five, be, five, you have to be so careful. You have to be so careful. Like, it's at some point as an evaluator, you have to determine, was it the scheme or was it the player, right? Was it, you know, was it the design of the play or was it the player? Was it the uniqueness of the guy? You know, when you fit the ball into a tight window, you know, against man coverage, that's the player. When you throw a crosser against zone, that's the scheme, right? You know, if you throw a curl against zone, that's the scheme. Swing curl. Here it is. It's a high school play. Like, we tend to over-evaluate these situations when it's more scheme and that's where you have to understand the differences 13 completions 95 yards for Pickett. we'll pump the brakes just a little bit but the competition there in pittsburgh is interesting more on that with michael lombardi annie agar thomas gable of course we've got the game tonight with vegas and minnesota it's the lombardi line at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 